Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And listen, this preamble, you're just going to have to listen to because it took me forever and a day to make this particular podcast episode happen. Or should I say it happened twice, but never made the light of day. And essentially what I'm talking about is I'm sitting here with actually a very good friend of mine, Bill Fox, who is the director of technical assistance with Forge. And Forge is one of the oldest revolving or the oldest revolving community loan fund in Arkansas. And the crazy thing is that I actually sat down with a former colleague of Bill's more than a year and a half ago, probably at the height of the pandemic. I sat down at the time with Morgan Scholes, who was running the Forge group out of here in northwest Arkansas. And then she left because, you know, these things happen. And we had recorded the most amazing podcast episode, which I may still share because 
It is relevant to what we're going to talk about today. And then I finally had a chance to sit down with Bill and we used to work together at a company called Zwei Group, which many of you have heard me mention before on the podcast. And so we actually were we were office mates, uh, one office to the right next to each other. And we sat down at the Startup Junkie Pub Crawl and tried to record an episode. And we had a great conversation, but there was just so much background noise that the audio file in me would not allow the episode to be released. So I have convinced Bill to, and he is a he is a true friend, to come down to the radio station here at KUAF, where we are now recording a lot of our episodes of the podcast, to join us once again to talk about Forge. And the reason why I wanted to have them on is because we've, we've had different uh, organizations on this program that have talked about small business development. We've had Kiva on. We've had the, the wonderful uh, Martha Londigan talking about Kiva and, you know, certainly reaching out and helping folks that don't typically have access to capital get their businesses started. But Forge has been around for a really, really long time and, and they, their mission is really impressive. And so I want to, you know, and, and, and so and actually I'll, I'll just share their mission real quick, which is to promote community development and economic sustainability by linking investors with borrowers, urban and rural communities, consumers with producers and low income groups with basic affordable credit. And so without further ado, Bill Fox, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this for a third time. Randy, thanks again for having me. And we're going to do this till we get it right. That's right. Okay? That's right. No, this is it. This is the one. Whatever this, it takes, Randy. Yeah, no, this is definitely going to be the one. So, well, Bill, real quickly, why don't you just give a quick superhero origin story of yourself as you introduce Forge to us and to the listeners here at I Am Northwest An Arkansas. origin story. Well, that may take more time than we have. <laughs> well, as I always uh, joke, you don't have to go back to the cradle, but you, you can start wherever you want. So. Well, I've, I've lived here in Northwest Arkansas for, gosh, 16 years now. Doesn't seem like it. Originally moved here from South Florida. Okay. To uh, take a job at the University of Arkansas as a consultant with the Small Business Development Center, which is now the Small Business and Technology Development Center. Right. So I was there for 11 years. Three of them I served as the center director. I was offered an opportunity with Zwei Group where I met you. Yep. And uh, enjoyed every minute of that. And then uh, this uh, opportunity with Forge came available. And I had worked with Forge during my tenure at uh, the ASBTDC. I served on their board of trustees. So I was very familiar with their organization and their mission and what they did. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, this was an opportunity for me to kind of get back into the small business ecosystem here in Northwest Arkansas and Reconnect with uh, a lot of people uh, that I got to know during my tenure at the university, and it's worked out very well. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about Forge. I mean, I gave the highlight, yeah. the, uh, the cliff note version of it, but but tell us why people should actually even care about Forge and, and the difference that it is making in the entrepreneurial community in Arkansas, not just Northwest Arkansas, but the whole state. The whole state. We serve the entire state of Arkansas. We also serve 18 counties in southwestern Missouri three counties in eastern Oklahoma, as well as, uh, I think, nine or ten parishes in northern Louisiana. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, we, we our footprint has grown significantly, but 98% of our loans are still done in Arkansas. Yeah. And many of those in northwest Arkansas. Our, our headquarters, our world headquarters, if you will, are in 
in Huntsville, okay. which is in Madison County. Sure. But we have folks in uh, Little Rock covering central Arkansas. We have a wonderful woman, Megan Whitehead, in southern Arkansas. Our man in Little Rock is named Jay Young, who's a great guy. We have Latanya Robinson in uh, eastern Arkansas, the Delta region in Jonesboro. Myself and my colleague Sandra Carrasco cover northwest Arkansas and the River Valley, as well as uh, parts of uh, north central Arkansas as well. Yeah. So we got the whole state covered. We, we got a great team who are really committed to our mission. And like you said earlier, our mission is basically to provide access to credit for folks who may have had difficulty obtaining it from traditional sources such as commercial banks or credit unions. We do loan primarily to folks with small businesses, both startups and existing businesses. And because of our uh, status as a nonprofit community development financial institution, we're able to be a little more flexible with our um, loan criteria. You know, we, we look at each, each, uh, each borrower as an individual and assess their, assess their needs yeah. and, you know, look at their history and everything else, all of which enters into the decision. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I've heard some amazing stories of, of individuals that you guys have helped throughout the state, right? And that's kind of really what drew me to what you were doing. What are, are some of the, the, I would say, the common misconceptions that people have that are starting a business in terms of going out and securing credit or securing a loan to get that business off the ground? And, and the reason why I ask is because I think a lot of times, you know, we hear all these ideas out there about, oh, you know, do it from your, you know, your bootstraps and, and dust yourself off. And, you know, you've got to make it happen yourself, only you and nobody else. And the reality is, is that most of our capitalistic society has developed itself by virtue of some type of financial help to get started and get things going. Right. That's a great question. And some of the misconceptions are that it is easy to get a loan to start a small business through a bank or a credit union or an organization like Forge. It's not easy. They're, even though we are a little more flexible, you still need to do your, your diligence, your due diligence, right? Yeah. And you got to know your numbers, okay? Yeah. And for a startup, that is not always easy. Yeah. So in addition to providing loans and lending services, we also provide technical assistance. And that's kind of like the consultative support. That's the, exactly. To help that's, people get to where they need to be in order to be able to secure Forge Fund. Exactly. So, yeah. Randy, you're right on the money. And, and we like to get our folks loan, as we call it, loan ready. You yeah. know, if they're not already, a lot of times... We'll get referrals from the ASB TDCs mm -hmm. around the state of Arkansas. Yep. They do a wonderful job of getting people loan ready right. by providing them with business planning assistance. They do you know, projections. They provide market research as well as consulting services. So when, when, when we see a, a prospective borrower who's visited one of the ASB TDC offices you know, throughout the state or even the SBDC in, in Missouri, that's a green flag for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that means, at least to us, that they're serious. You know, they, they know what they're up against to a certain point. You know, you never know what you're up against right. until you start doing it. Right. But at least they've, they've done the homework. Okay. Sure. And to, to us, really, the, one of the most important things is, do you know the industry that you're about to enter into? Yep. You know, with the startup, of course. Do you know how much it's going to cost you to get started? 
I mean, have, have you gone through that process? And then do you know how much stuff you're going to have to sell in order to cash flow your business and make yourself a living, make yourself money, right? Sure. And create value for yourself, the community, and your other stakeholders. So it's a process. It's a process. <laughs> and it's, um, like you said, you never know what you're getting yourself into until you get into it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Despite all of the research and, but, but, but there's um, so many good ideas out there. You know, so many innovative ideas in, in Northwest, throughout the whole state. Sure. You know, for products and services and whatnot. And that's what makes my job fun is just hearing about some of these innovative and, you know, unique ideas. But can you make it into a business? Yeah. Okay. Or is it just a hobby? So when, when people come to us for a loan, we want to make sure that it's a good fit. Okay. And, and it, there's risk involved in anything. Yep. Okay. Yep. So one of the things we try to assess is, you know, their tolerance for risk. What's their stage of life? What's their financial security, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and it's not, you know, my job is to make, is to help people get loans and yeah. whatnot. It's not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Okay. It isn't. It really isn't. And, and you really have to think long and hard about it before you actually, you know, sign that, uh, sign that thing. So. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's, it's one thing to get, you know, venture funding or venture backed funding where, you know, you're not necessarily on the hook for it. Right. I mean, a lot of, you know, that's one of the differences like it, with venture capital. If I'm a venture capitalist, I'm probably going to make 10 bets and eight of them are going to fail, right. <laughs> meaning that I'm going to lose that money. But the other two are going to be like Instagram or yeah. whatever. They'll you know what I'm saying? They'll make up for it. And that's how it works in the venture backed field of yeah. funding businesses. But in this particular situation, there is an actual loan involved. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And, and <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I'm only saying <laughs> no, that, I, no. I'm only saying that to say that this is why people that's why the technical assistance piece is so important. Right. Because yeah. here's the rub is that if people would just take and when I say if people I say that means anyone that has an idea that wants to get it off the ground, if they can prove that they can put a dollar into their business and get two dollars out, then they may have something. Yes. It's going through that process yes. and proving that over and over again until you realize that, you know what, I can actually, I feel comfortable enough that every time I put a dollar in, I'm getting one or two dollars out for every dollar I put in. That means you have a viable entity that makes sense and that you could potentially make yourself get a loan for what you're trying to do. Yeah. So if you can get a dollar out of every dollar you put in, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> right. Because that's usually, that's right. not the rule. No, I know. It's usually I like know. five cents. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. In fact, a, a banker friend of mine, when he has a, a client in front of him who wants to get a small business loan, will put five pennies on his desk and the customer will say, well, what are those five pennies for? <laughs> This is how much you're going to make after every dollar you sell. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, so it's a little sobering. It's and unfortunately, that's usually the case, you know, and people call me like the dream crusher and stuff. And that's, you know, what I'm, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams, but I also, but their dreams can be crushed if they get in over their head too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. For their long-term financial stability of, of themselves, their families, if they have them and that type of thing. So- you have to think about all those things before you enter into, you know, the small business realm. You really do. You need support of your family. I used to ask people, 
so why do you want to do this small business thing? And, you know, very often they said, well, you know, I want to be my own boss and spend more time with my family. I go, well, yeah, good luck with that. Because because <laughs> <laughs> your family isn't going to want to be around you because right. you're going to be stressed out all the time, okay? And then as far as your your bosses, you're going to have more bosses, you know, being in business on your own than you ever did working for whomever. Sure, okay? sure. So, and again, I, I don't mean to discard, because look, Owning a business and being, you know, doing something you love and getting up every day to do that is not working, right? It's doing something you love. But when you, when you own a small business, you get caught up in the minutia that you have to get caught up in, you know, the, especially the numbers part. Right. Because you need to know that if you're going to make any decisions, right? So a lot of times people start working, you know, in the business instead of on the business. That's an old cliche. But it's true. So they end up not doing what they love because they got to do all this other stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So you have to understand that going in. And again, unless you're, I would go visit people, started their business. Year later, I'd go visit them. How are things going? Well, you didn't tell me it was going to be this hard. <laughs> I go, you're wrong. I did tell you. Yes. You just didn't listen. Okay? You heard what you wanted to hear. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. No. That that is. And, um, and that, that that's the case. You know. Practically every every person I've ever worked with, and not 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 that they have second thoughts about doing it. No, no, they, they I get just it. realize that it's it's a lot harder than they thought it was going to be. Listen, it it is, and there's something to be said about going out every morning knowing that whatever sweat that you create off from your brow is all you, yeah, right, yeah. and not you know for somebody else. Absolutely, and I think. I think people listening to this need to understand that if you are in business and you you haven't quite got your act together, then there is an opportunity for you to work on that and to develop a sustainable plan that will meet the objectives that you want it to meet for the business that you want to run. I love you sharing the Michael Gerber quote of working on your business, not in your business, because most entrepreneurs or business owners own a job. Mm -hmm. They don't own a business. Mm -hmm. And the difference is, is that One of your goals, and it's one of my goals, right? But it's kind of hard because like, and I think about this and and maybe you can give me some advice about this, but running a podcast agency and and doing what I do, I have to be involved. But I've come to the place where now I'm thinking, man, I got to actually train some people to kind of do what I do behind the mic so that I can go focus on some bigger things. I love being behind the mic. Don't get me wrong. And I will do this until the cows come home. Well, and you're great at it. Thank you. But I've also reconciled the simple fact that I can't be in two places at one time. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to be effective, this is, you know, you said it earlier. A lot of people have hobbies they're just passionate about. They're not businesses. They're just hobbies. This was a hobby. This being the podcast was a hobby that has now become a business. I'm not printing Benjamins in my backyard. (laughs) It's just not where we are now making. I am making some money with it. But the goal is like if I really want to turn this into a business or create this in such a way where somebody else would look at it and say, hey, I want to either invest in it Mm -hmm. or I want to buy it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you have something that people see value in. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. When somebody's borrowing money from us or from anybody, the first question they should ask themselves, is this debt that I'm about to enter into going to create value for me? Is it going to create an entity, a business entity that you just said that somebody would want to invest in or that I can sell down the road that's going to make me money? You have to look at it like investing in anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is the risk worth the potential reward? Sure. Okay. 
And it's impossible to really <laughs> say, you know. No. It just is. But you got to believe in yourself. You got to, you're investing in yourself. Okay? Well, yeah. And some people would rather take that bet. Right. And, you know, 30 or 40 years of working, and I'm using air quotes now for the man. I hear right? you. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and, and everybody, and, you know, I always say this, and, and it's an overused phrase, but to thine own self be true. Absolutely. You have to know what you have the predilection for, what things are comfortable for you. I have comfort in being uncomfortable as an entrepreneur. Not everybody likes that because a lot of people want a sure thing. And that's, that's the difference. There's a book out that I've been reading lately and it's not because, and when I say the title, you're not going to, I mean, it's, I I don't want to be judged by this title, but a lot of times I'll read or listen to things that give me some real insight. And it's a book by a man who's passed away now. His name is Felix Dennis. He wrote a book called How to Get Rich. Okay. Felix was a publisher. I mean, he made a, he made a lot of money and spent a lot of money. <laughs> he is famous for starting like a Mac user and all of the major computer magazines or publications back in the 80s when Personal computing was just taking off. He was also the publisher for Maxim Magazine, you know, a guy from the UK. And and so I've been listening to the audible version of of Get Rich, How to Get Rich. And, you know, as crass as it sounds, you know, he really breaks down the fundamental nature of business and the requirements. And it it is, as he calls it, an all-consuming fire that you have to be, you know, we hear all these stuff, the stuff about you know, everybody t- talks about on online about passive income and all that. There is nothing passive about income in terms of your business. I mean, it just isn't, you know, I mean, you might find some passivity in your income when it comes to real estate and some other things, but that's just by virtue of where the market's going. If prices go up, then your property becomes more valuable, but it's not like it's income you receive right away because my property value has gone through the roof here in Fayetteville and I'm thankful for that. But yeah. I don't really have access to it unless I tap it. So, it's just there, yep, you know, yep. and, and you hope that it stays there yeah. <laughs> so that in 20 or 30 years when I do want to tap it, that, you know, there's something of value that I can take out of, of it. Course, of course. So, but it takes time. No, it takes time. And you're right. You know, that quote you read is so true. It is all, it is all consuming. I mean, it's, it's you know, owning a business is, I've done it. It's a 24 seven thing. Even when you leave the physical business and you go home, you're still thinking about it. Right. You know, especially if you're in a, a cash flow crunch or what have you, then you're really thinking, <laughs> you know, yeah. am I going to be able to pay my folks? Am I going to be able to pay my rent? This type of thing. So there's a lot of stress involved because you're wearing a bunch of hats that you didn't even know there were hats for Yeah. until you get into it. We like startups, but we also like to deal with existing businesses who are looking to grow. That's sort of our sweet spot, really. Let's say they need a piece of equipment that will increase their capacity, enable them to obviously increase sales, revenues, profits, maybe add jobs, that type of thing. That's something we we like to really look at and help out with. In this case, them coming to you, this existing firm or company that has, you know, somewhat of a track record, they've got books, they can show you. Yes. Them coming to you is a maybe a lower hurdle to leap in terms of getting business funding versus going to a traditional bank? I think that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, we like to see, as you said, the books, the statements, you know, are they showing growth? Are they showing positive cash flow? 
are they showing profitability? Are they adding jobs? Will this piece of equipment, this additional inventory, this working capital, whatever it may be, enable them to keep going on that trajectory? So yeah, that's a big that's a big thing for us. Okay. Yeah. And then in that case, and I'm just I just want to kind of tease this out some, does that how much of it is in terms of the funding that is provided through Forge? is reliant on the individual's capacity to repay something versus the company? Again, that's a really good question. It's sort of a combination of both. I mean, if it's a startup, it's pretty much 90% on the individual. On the individual I mean, yeah. we loan money to the people, not necessarily businesses. Businesses, you know yeah. I mean? yep. So even if you have an established business, and we're a micro lender, so, so our, our, our maximum loan is per customer is $50,000. Right. Okay. And they have the ability, if I understand it, that once they've, if they've taken out a loan with you and paid it back, they can come back yeah. again. Yeah. We have yeah. several okay. uh, borrowers who have repeat. Uh, repeat loans with us. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking $50,000. Our average loan is about 30, mm-hmm. probably, which, you know, doesn't sound like it's a lot of money. It I is. I mean, especially if you have to pay it back. Yeah. You know, so we use, you know, micro lender, but. Just to a lot of people, I mean, to me, 50 grand is not micro. It's no, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But these days, it's almost like getting a car loan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of, we, we sometimes look at it that way. And we have, you know, five, six, seven year terms. Our interest rates are, are 6.95 right now. Wow. Which is lower than most banks. Don't tell them that because they get mad at us. <laughs> but we haven't had to raise our interest rates, you know, because our cost of funds has not gone up. But, and we want to keep them reasonable because, you know, the borrowers that, we uh, serve, I think, need that. I mean, who doesn't? But going back to your your question about, you know, existing businesses, do we lend to the business? I mean, I technically, yes. But, you know, the business co-signs the note. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because usually these businesses are one person LLCs or something like that. Right. So, so the business and, you know, the person are essentially the same thing. Sure. So we, we do look at their ability, obviously their ability to repay. So we ask them for, you know, tax returns and, you know, that type of thing to make sure that their income, if the business goes south, which of course we hope it doesn't, if the business goes south, are they going to still be able to, you know, to make the payments? Right. Okay. And, and if that's the case, you know, a lot of times a business owner, it might be contingent maybe upon the spouse who has income coming in or number of factors. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, we look at all those factors. Yeah. Somebody may need a cosigner, yeah. you know, or something like that. We look at credit. We look at their personal credit, not not their business credit. Okay. So that's a, obviously a big factor. I mean, that's one of the first things we do once we get an application is pull their credit. Okay. And, you know, we look at the number, obviously, but we also look at the report. Why is that number that number? Sure. So we go through it and, and check to see what type of relationship these folks or anybody has with debt. You know, has it been, as my boss says, an abusive relationship? (laughs) (laughs) Has it been amicable? You know, yeah, that type of thing. And a lot of times, you know, it's medical bills and things like that, right? Right. That that get people into trouble. Sure. It's it's the number one cause. It's the number one cause. It's life, right? Life happens. So we've all had times in our lives when when things haven't gone the way we wanted them to. So so we take that into consideration also. Okay. So we don't just look at a score and go, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, okay? I got you. You know, we we look at the the circumstances behind it. You know, the like you said, the origin story, and uh, and so we don't have a. What I'm trying to say, I guess, is we don't have a minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of commercial banks, and they have to uh, have a minimum credit score. Sure, we don't have a minimum per se. Like if it's a six hundred. We're below. We're not, we're not going to say no. We can't do that. 
I got you. So we try to get into the weeds with our folks and, you know, find out if this is going to work for them. Because if it doesn't, it's bad for everybody. Yeah, it doesn't do, no. It yeah. doesn't do anybody any good. Right, right. I mean, it, it creates like a black hole. Yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, one of the things we like to think of ourselves as is a kind of a, a cog in the wheel of economic development. Sure. And in order to keep doing that, we got to make good loans. Yeah. And, and there's always risk. I mean, naturally. But, you know, we got to make sure as, as much as we can that it isn't putting an undue burden on the folks we work with. Now, when people typically come to you, do you find often that they were just totally unaware of Forge? Like that oh, yeah, even all Forge <laughs> existed? <laughs> so. Well, we, it's kind of funny because our office is in Huntsville, right. which is a small town. Yeah. Half the people in Huntsville don't know. We don't even know it exists. Because yeah. we, you know, we appeal to a, a very small niche when you really get, get down to the nitty gritty. Very small niche in the community. So it's not surprising that most people haven't heard about us. Right. And usually we get people who are like are referred to us by, well, commercial banks refer mm-hmm. a lot of folks to us. Sure. ASB, TDC, you know, Startup Junkie, uh, Martha, you, one of my you know, good friends. Yeah, she, she talks about you guys all like- No, like, she's terrific. And yeah. I was lucky enough to <laughs> have worked with Martha for a while. So, yeah, uh, she's good people. She's so. terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's how, and then we, you know, we go to events and, you know, chamber events and, you know, networking events and things like that. And we're also running a couple of, uh, actually three technical assistance cohorts around the state of Arkansas. Where okay. We're, that we're uh, funding. One is in Little Rock. It's called Remix Ideas, and it's targeted towards uh, African-American entrepreneurs. Okay. We have a uh, cohort through an organization called Curate. Yeah, I know Curate. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Bryden. Kim Bryden, yeah. She's yeah. been on the podcast. She's been on the and, podcast. And we've actually had a few Curate folks that have yes. gone through the program on the podcast Wonderful. as well. Yeah. No, they, Shami and-, and um, I think I've encouraged the young ladies from Sugar Apple Baking Company to go through oh, the program. Oh, terrific. So, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. So uh, Curate's been a big success for who's us. Who's the third one? Well, we just started one. It's called Over a Cup. Oh, okay. It's over in uh, Jonesboro. And it is a, uh, a cohort. Actually, they're just wrapping up in April, their, their first cohort. They started in January. And it's targeted towards uh, women okay. uh, entrepreneurs in that area. And- uh, it's going really well right now. That's awesome. So uh, we uh, are proud to be associated with these with these folks. They you know, they do a wonderful job. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I'd love for you to share. And I've heard some good stories. I know there the one story that I heard was a business owner down in El Dorado that had I think a car wash or a couple of car washes that you guys had helped him kind of move things along. But are there other stories like that that you could share? you know, success stories of people that have been, have gotten the help that they needed from Forge and it's really helped them to develop and grow. Yeah. There was a fellow who had a a microbrewery in Missouri, in Southwestern Missouri, that we were able to, uh, to help with with some financing. And he's grown significantly in the past uh, three to five years. I think he's added a couple of locations and added capacity and that type of thing. So that's a great success story. You know, there, there are others, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, you know, some folks I've worked with that we can, you know, we, we helped this fellow get a locksmith business started and he's, okay. he's doing pretty well. Really? We love the kind of businesses that we can, un- that we understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Know, a locksmith and, and there's, there's apparently a shortage of locksmiths 
Oh, I could I could uh, believe that because there's only Arkansas. a few up here. There's only a few. Yeah, up there's here, only yeah. a few up here. So, so this gentleman was a former um, Washington County uh, Sheriff's deputy. Okay. So he's doing that, and then um, you know that there's a a woman who owns a tattoo uh, studio here in Fayetteville called Ink Therapy. Okay. And she's terrific, and and she's been a borrower, and and she's uh, I'm not sure I should say that. anyway. <laughs> Probably didn't I didn't mention her name. You no, know, you didn't. You didn't. Okay. But she's expanding. She's moved locations and she's doing really well. It's a unique. I went and visited her a couple of months ago. I sure. had never been in a tattoo studio before. Right. And, you know, I was expecting, you know, you some you see like a Miami ink or something like that, right? <laughs> right. It was right. nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, she had these separate rooms. And the reason she calls it ink therapy is that she likes to understand the backstory of as why to they why. want to get yeah. exactly yeah so cool. you go into this you know one of the there's incense burning there's that that kind <laughs> of soft yeah that's that new age music <laughs> yeah. you know it's very relaxing right would i want to get a tattoo no but i'd like to sit there and just relax for a while okay but you know it's so so we it runs the gambit i mean man we get all kinds of folks coming in the door with with really unique businesses uh, that's one of them you know, there's a woman who just opened a bakery in Rogers. Okay. And she's doing very well. She she um she was in the curate cohort. Okay. Corey uh, Stanton. Okay. Yeah, there's I mean that that yeah. curate program is great because yeah. It, yeah. it it really, you know, I think when you're starting up something that's got like a food and beverage component or something like that, it's a little different than other types of businesses and there are a lot of factors that go into it. Right. Go into that. And right. I actually I actually was a a judge for one of the previous pitch competitions for Curate. And um, I think the one that I was a part of was the one where we gave Ashami T $5,000 towards his repackaging, Yeah, right? And that was just something that he needed. He needed yeah. better packaging to get into like Walmart and some other places. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. As simple as that. And that's the thing. And that's kind of the niche we fill are those smaller amounts that sometimes that's all people need. They don't need a couple of hundred thousand dollars right. or a hundred thousand dollars, you know? Yeah. They need $30,000 or $15,000 or whatever yeah. to get them over a hump or, you know, a cash flow crunch or to purchase, you know, whatever it is, new packaging or a piece of equipment. So that's where we come in, you know, in, in, in the financing like hierarchy, if you want to call it. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, banks, we have, you know, wonderful partnerships with a lot of banks. Like I said, we get referrals from, but a lot of times banks just can't do the smaller loan. They just can't do them for whatever reason. Yeah. And and they, you know, and we're able to fill that, to fill that gap. Plus, I mean, yeah. Plus the, the nice part about it too, is that if a proper bank that is able to refer business to you, and I'm hoping anybody that's working at a bank is listening to this because I know that you probably say no a lot more than you say yes, and this would be to the loan officers that you need to have something in your back pocket like a forge that you can point people towards that can get some of the technical assistance help that they need and some of the guidance. Yeah, but it's also for a lot of our banking friends, a relationship thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because they don't, they may have to say no, but if they have that in their back pocket, that's going to help the relationship long term. Absolutely. Because okay. I would remember a yeah. bank if they if they said, hey, I don't think we can do this right now, but I think I do have an option yeah. for you. I yeah. want you to call this guy named Bill Fox yeah. and he's over at Forge and he can probably help you out. And if I end up coming to you and you help me out, I'm always going to remember the person that referred me to you. Absolutely. And very often, you know, like I said before, 
we look at ourselves sort of as a step on the financing ladder. So if somebody comes into Forge, gets a loan, has been referred to by by one of the commercial lenders at one of the banks here, mm-hmm. then they can go back to that commercial lender and if they need additional financing, can start that relationship, you know, anew. So, you know, like in, like with any business, relationships are everything. Yeah, they are. So, they you know, really we, we like to think we can help out our lending partners, you know, by maintaining that. For them. No, absolutely. I agree 100%. And I mean, it, it totally, I mean, your ability to do that rounds out the mission of Forge, right? I mean, from from the lending perspective, from the technical assistance perspective, and then more importantly, just the fact that you want to be a benefactor from a community community development perspective. Right. And that's that's the bottom line right yeah. there is, you know, creating economic opportunity in communities and every community we serve, particularly the ones who may have had some difficulties historically. Yeah. So that's really what we're, you know, we're trying to do. And, and, and when you raise the tide, as they say, you know, it raises all the boats. Right? It does. So, that's, a, that's a very familiar phrase that yeah. I'm used to. So, yeah. all right. So, so what, as we kind of wrap this up, anybody listening to this that's like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this because I feel like I could be a perfect organization or business to come to, to bring, you know, my plan to forge. How would somebody go about doing that? Well, they can go to our website, forgefund.org. Okay. They can email me, bill at forgefund.org. Okay. Uh, they, they can call our office in Huntsville at uh, 479-738-1585 and uh, start the process there. Okay. So that's bill at forgefund.org. Right. The website is forgefund.org, right. and that's F-O-R-G-E. We'll put all this in the show notes just to make sure that people have that. But no, I, I really appreciate you doing this, Bill, and, and I certainly want to encourage folks that are listening to this. I'm familiar with the fruits of the work that Forge has put into these local communities, so I really want to encourage you to give them a shot if you're not familiar with them. I've talked to you about Kiva on this podcast. If you're sitting around with an idea, looking for investors and all that, that mean that might be the way to go. But I would tell you to, it would be a little bit easier for you not to give up a piece of your business in order to get the capital that you need to get started or to continue to perpetuate whatever great business idea you have. So I would really, you know, I've, I've told this to people all the time in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. If you have enough people around you that will give you good counsel and good advice, there's safety in that. So I really want to encourage you to reach out to somebody like a Bill Fox at Forge to get even just some insight. I mean, he's he has seen enough to help you as you are going down that road. And anybody listening to this that wants to get a business started or is currently maybe struggling with their business and can't kind of find their way as far as they, they'd like to. It's time for you to pick up the phone and reach out and ask for some help, get some guidance, because you just never know what you might learn in the process. I couldn't agree more. And, and, and don't feel inadequate if you feel you need to do that. That's like Randy said, it's a community. Yeah. You never do it alone. No. You don't. So do reach out to us, SBTDC, any of the other one, Startup Junkie Consult, a lot of great resources here in Northwest Arkansas. And if you're starting a business, just just one last thing, try to talk to somebody and you've never been in the business before that you're going into, try to talk to somebody who's doing it now. Yeah. You know, 
if you feel like, you know, people aren't going to talk because they're going to be your potential competitors, look for somebody out of the area. Yeah. Just to pick their brain. Because a lot of times people really like to talk about their businesses. You know, it's like their family almost, right? It is. You know, it's just like talking about their kids. Because, you know, when you, when you look at a business, you know, you know, it's sort of like having a kid. You birth it, you raise it, and eventually you want it to support you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So reach out. Get help. Yeah. You know, you might say, well, I don't want like a thousand different opinions. <laughs> All right. Well, it's probably good to get a thousand different opinions. Yeah. And trust me. I mean, Bill's absolutely right. And it's so funny you say that, Bill, because I'm in the process of spinning up a new business entity called, you know, Job Board. And I've always wanted to have a job board here in Northwest Arkansas. And it was, to me, I saw it as a natural extension to what I'm doing at I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm participating in pitch competitions. I'm kind of sharing the idea because I want to get feedback from people. I've even shared it with a bunch of my close friends, a lot of whom have businesses. And I've gotten really good feedback, but I don't want to be, in a vacuum. I want to be in a space where I can get enough feedback so I realize, okay, this is actually a good idea. In that same vein, I said, you know what? This is enough of a good idea that I want to make sure that I invest in it properly to get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. And so that's it's coming soon and, and I'm working on it. But Great. But what Bill is sharing is reaffirming for me as a small business owner, because you know I have other ideas and other businesses that I would like to start and sometimes, you know, you, you need support and help, both financial and otherwise, in order to get those things off the ground. Absolutely. And it's there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely there. It is there. So, well, Bill, man, I, I appreciate you as a friend. I appreciate you as a pillar in the community when it comes to providing business advice and guidance and, as we like to say, technical direction technical and, uh, so, and technical assistance. But thank you so much for coming back on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. For the third time, although you, this is only the second time for you, but this, this is, is the third time, time you, that Forge has done it. And we finally got the episode done. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. And I cannot wait to share this both near and far because I think it will be helpful for people to hear and get that reinforced message that might cause them to react, whether it's just to give you a call or to go to your website, forgefund.org, and learn more about the process and the opportunities and how they could benefit from it to get their business idea off the ground or to help their business, their current business grow. Exactly. Randy, I can't thank you enough for uh, putting up with me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's always good to, it's so good to be with you. And thanks for thinking of Forge and, you know, putting this out to the community. It's a, it's a huge help. And I, you know, anytime you want us to come back on, just let us know. Well, we're going to get some work. I want to capture some of the uh, success stories because I think that needs to be front and center, right? Because a lot of times people react when they hear good news and it's always helpful. Like I remember when I first read that story about the guy in El Dorado that you helped with the car washes, I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. And then, you know, I heard some of the stuff that you had done with Curate and others. And mm -hmm. that to me is is enough of the the information that I need to be able to kind of, you know, say, OK, you know, this that's, is that's this, what it's all about. It is. It is exactly what it's all about. So. Bill Fox, thank you so much for joining us today. Randy, great to be with you as always, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can also listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. Please consider subscribing to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And also 
consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.